I went to a health food store. That's hard to believe, but I actually went in there. What happened is I was I stood back and let the person through. And I, I didn't realize how close I was already standing, and I bumped this shelf that was literally. lady came out and she began helping me pick up all these tiny little jars and we're trying to put the And so I see, now this is actually a woman who is pregnant. Boosting myself up. I suffered painfully for at least four weeks. I just felt really, really stupid. I felt foolish. Caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behaviour. A regrettable and unfortunate situation. I like this picture because I think, for me, it describes the notion of shame, shame very clearly. It, you, you kind of feel alone and you feel like the light is on you and everyone's looking at you. It, it's, like, it's like the spotlight and the heat of the light and you're sweating else is dark. You can't really see. It's, it's something which captures you and holds you captive. Having shame is, is, is like being handcuffed. It's hard to break out and break through. Thanks, mate. Hello. It's hard to break out and it's hard to break through. 
Have you ever felt shame before? Have you ever encountered shame through your own doing, through your own hands? Have you ever felt sad for something you've done? Have you ever, have you ever been in tears? Not necessarily public tears, but you've been in tears because of that shame. Or, or maybe, maybe sometimes you've been on the opposite end and someone has done something shameful to you and you actually want them to feel shame. Is anyone with me here? Is anyone else a bit like me? Oh, the kids, honest children, I love you. The adults aren't as courageous. But we all do it, don't we? We want the other person. Yes, Beth, we want the other person to feel shame. We want them to almost come back to us a little bit disempowered. Shame is a powerful, powerful emotion. For Peter, the Apostle Peter, he felt shame and tears came to his eyes. For Judas, he also felt shame, but it ended in death. Today, we're continuing our series, Not Ashamed. And if I had to give a title to the message, it would be this, He Pleads for You. He Pleads for You. And your Bibles turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. And we're just going to read a few verses, and then we're going to look at a few verses as well from Luke. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 39, it reads this, He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground. Jesus is in the garden. He's just finished the last meal with his disciples and he's praying. And it says, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Now, I can't remember if I was engaged or dating or married. That's already a bad way to start a sentence. But I went with Beck and some friends of ours to see the Phantom of the Opera. I couldn't even stay awake one hour. You are looking at a Philistine. I, I couldn't, I, I, I fell asleep. It was one of the most expensive sleeps I've ever had. <laughs> uh, I, I, again, I can't remember if I was married. Okay, I wasn't married. <laughs> Clearly when you're dating, you're still on real good behaviour. So it's one of those three categories. I went with back to the movies. And we saw the movie Titanic. Who's seen the movie Titanic? I couldn't even stay awake one hour. Not my finest hour. And Jesus says, couldn't you watch with me? Couldn't you stay with me one hour? And then Jesus goes on and says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Throughout these passages, one of the regular words that comes up is, is prayer, is prayer. And in Luke chapter 22, we again learn that prayer is normal, is often, is usual for Jesus. 
In Luke chapter 22 and verse 39, it says this, Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual. In other words, it was normal behavior. It was part of his routine. It was not out of the ordinary. It was normal. It was usual to the Mount of Olives. Then he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. So prayer is usual. But just in those few verses, the idea of temptation has come up a few times. Would you agree? In Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, there's a passage of scripture here that I want to share with you. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But Peter replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Deny. Lord, I just said I would go to the... I just said, I'll follow you. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus just prayed this prayer for Peter. And he just tells Peter about it. He says, Peter, I've been praying for you. I've been praying that your faith will not fail. Isn't it interesting that the idea of faith not failing can include denying Christ? Have you seen that before? The idea of faith, believing in our Lord, he is so full of grace and so full of mercy that denying him is forgivable. Isn't that astounding? That's amazing. The, 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 the key bit of the scripture that grabs my heart is, is Christ's word of hope, the word when. When. Not if, not maybe, but when you have turned back. When. Jesus describes this idea of temptation like being sifted. Satan certainly does. Being sifted like wheat. I'm not sure uh, uh, if you've ever uh, been around wheat before, but most of the wheat I'm around is in the form of bread. Uh, I'm not really familiar with the sifting process. But to be sifted uh, in in olden days, in, in times of Christ, is something like this. There'd be a gentle breeze or maybe a strong breeze. And the farmers or people who were working there would come along and they would throw the harvested wheat and chaff and whatever else they'd harvested up into the air. The idea is that the wind pushes away the rubbish and leaves what? The grain, the wheat, the seed. It's much easier doing that than hand-picking wheat. You don't make a dollar selling hand-picked seed. Or maybe you do, it's just really expensive and I've never purchased it. You know, we, we are all sifted. We are all tempted, aren't we? We all face the winds of our lives. Winds come and they batter us. And they test us and they push us and they move us around. You see, Peter had faced lots of little moments of temptation. Jesus asked him to pray and the temptation was to fall asleep. And guess what happened? 
like some of you are doing now, falling asleep. It's true. I can prove it. I'm happy to name names. And I would, but I, I won't today. Um, Peter was tempted to take things into his own hand by grabbing the sword and defending Christ. Peter was, Peter was tempted to, to sort of look after himself. And, and in moments before the passage of Scripture we read, Jesus said to his disciples, I desire to have a meal with you. And so they had this meal together. And Jesus washes their feet and the atmosphere is electric. And Jesus institutes this new covenant, the, the first communion, as we would say. And then immediately after that, the disciples are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. It's, it's incredible. What Elizabeth said today at communion is so true. We, we can be selfish, can't we? We can look after number one. Are there any other number ones here today? Children? Well, to a couple of adults, praise the Lord. Peter had many moments of temptation, many small when moments, many small moments when, when he turned back. And so do we. We have little moments where we turn back. We say the wrong thing. We don't forgive. We don't do good when we should. We, 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 we fail to stand up for what is right. We don't treat people with love like we know we should. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There are lots of moments when I know I've messed up and I turn back and I make it, I fix it up and I make it right. There are little when moments when I turn back. But Peter is told about a big when moment. Peter is told about a, a big when, when you fail, when it doesn't work out, when everything's gone bad, you will turn back. The temptation for Peter is this, will he? When your big when moment comes, will you turn back? Most of us can handle the little when moments as I've described. But in the big when moment, when that comes, after the series of all the little things that have gone wrong, the disappointments of life and other people, the way the church has let us down, the way our parents have let us, the way our sister and brother way the person sitting next to you has let you down the disappointment of your career things just not working out it hasn't happened like I thought it would well you'll have that little niggle inside our heart and I can't possibly describe everyone's niggle but when a series of those comes along and you reach a place of a big when moment will you turn back will you turn back because you know what there is massive shame when you deny Christ. There is huge shame. Shame that is massive. And Jesus prays and encourages his disciples to pray that they do not fall into temptation. It comes up again and again and again in these passages of Scripture. We read in uh, verse 60 of Luke 22, Peter is going through the motions. He's... He loves Jesus. He's been with Christ. And yet in the midst of this moment where Jesus has been arrested, we read this. Peter says to someone, man, I don't know what you're talking about. This is the third time that Christ had been denied. 
just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. The temptation is, would Peter also remember the words of Christ when you turn back to me? That's the temptation. The temptation is to forget that bit and just focus on the the denial, focus on the failure, focus on the shame that I'm feeling. But would, would Peter lose in that temptation, that big when temptation, and give up and say it's all too hard? Or would Peter remember what Jesus had said? It wasn't an if, it wasn't a maybe. It was a full of hope and full of life. Peter, when you turn back, When you turn back. In looking at the lies of Judas and Peter, one of the conclusions I came to was tears. It was one of the conclusions that I came. You see, Judas faced temptation. He he had no idea what Jesus was doing. He couldn't make any sense of it. He couldn't really trust him. Jesus was saying really hard things. He lost confidence. He lost that when moment and he gave himself over to Satan. And temptation. Satan felt his moment had come. There was a way to get this son of God and to kill him. Judas, full of his own pride and grandeur, maybe he thought, if I dispose of my Messiah, who the religious system despises, they will elevate me. Makes sense. If you kill the Caesar, you're probably going to be the new Caesar. Judas, in his own heart, maybe he thought, I'll, I'll move Jesus on. I'm not entirely convinced. And then the masters of the religious system will will reward me. They will elevate me. I will be part of the religious elite. I'll be part of the system. I'll take my place in the hierarchy. And he betrayed Christ completely. It's interesting. I don't read about the tears of Judas. I don't read about those tears. Because Peter didn't understand either. Clearly we see in Scripture that Peter didn't fully comprehend or grasp what Jesus was doing. Peter's even told of his betrayal, of of his denial. Peter's told of his denial. And then he denies Christ. But what's Peter's response? Tears. That's the difference between these two. That's the difference in their moment of failure. That's the difference... As one denied, there were tears. As the other betrayed, there was just shame. Heaped upon shame. Heaped upon shame. Heaped upon shame. We're just going to watch a four-minute video clip of when Jesus is betrayed and when Peter realises he's denied Christ.
Shahadu, Jamin Milafe, Maxerat Kom. Judas had no tears. He hung himself. He took his shame and he hung himself. Peter had tears. As the tears rolled down his face, 
the shame unwound itself because he remembered the words, when you turn back. Those words gripped his heart and shame outworked itself through every tear. Peter cried. I just want to leave you with this thought. Only Jesus can overcome shame. Only Christ will overcome it. I just encourage you to give Christ your tears. Give Christ your tears. Give them to him. Whatever shame it is that you feel. It's okay even to cry for another person who you know is not with the Lord who you know is struggling, it's okay to cry for them. Give your tears to Jesus. Don't be ashamed because Jesus wasn't. He endured all of the horrors of the cross, including denial of his closest friends and even betrayal. He endured it all. He was not ashamed to give his life for us. Brothers and sisters, let us not be ashamed to give our tears to him. There's two passages of scripture. We're going to close. From Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. And Romans chapter 8 and verse 34 says, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand. And I want you to capture this. Pleading us. Jesus is pleading for you. Give him your tears. Don't be proud. Give him your tears. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you endured the cross. Your word says it was for joy. For joy, Lord. Lord, we love you. Yet even at times, Lord, we deny you. We deny you in all sorts of ways. Yet, Lord, we love you. And, Lord, we need your help. Father, thank you that you are pleading for us in prayer. Thank you, Father, that that your Son is interceding for us. That we might turn at every moment. That we might give our tears to you we might be called your servants, that we might be called your children, that we might be called those who know and love you. Jesus, help us. Help us to handle this shame. Help us to give you our tears. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your service Lord, we thank you that we can come together to honour you, 
to think about you. Lord, as the psalmist wrote, Lord, we find every thought of yours precious. Lord, as we go now, Father, I pray that we would encourage one another, that, Lord, we would build one another up. Just as you, as you spoke to Peter, you said, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Lord, help us to strengthen one another. Lord, bless every person here. We thank you for Beth. We thank you for this dedication service. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Please stay with us for a cuppa, for a cake, and for fellowship.